This episode of the Sounding Board podcast is brought to you by Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you drinkwise. And don't miss your chance to meet Hutchie and Damo at our first ever live Sounding Board podcast event. Next Thursday, July 22nd at the Astor Theatre in St Kilda. Hutchie and Damo are teaming up with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin from Don't Shoot the Messenger to present a live podcast. All proceeds go towards supporting the Breast Cancer Network of Australia. Thanks also to our supporting partner, Red Energy. 100% Australian electricity and gas. To book your tickets, head to the links in the show notes to this episode. This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. And as we've done a few times in 2021, trying something different would be the normal offering of your questions on the sounding board product, but we're doing it specifically and live on Clubhouse, Craig Hutchison. And I should, I don't know the author of this tweet, but it made me laugh last time we did this, so I'll give them the credit and they'll know who they are. Someone said I sound like the host of Romper Room reading out the names of those in the clubhouse room. So I can see Kevin and Luke and Ashley and Jason and Brendan and James Actually, too. you do. You and Daniel like and Marco. That. So there you go. So there's a little nod to the... the and and who's there today, Craig, in the old room? <laughs> well, the room's full. I can see Adam and Gordon and Jane and Chris. I can see a few headshots looking at the screen upside down. Burn, so there yeah. are a few people... Anyway, so that, I thought that was a quite a funny tweet last night. I didn't mean to sound in that voice, but I guess... <laughs> but you did now that I've uh, had it referred to that way. Um, I, I guess I did, so... So you're going to steer that, obviously, because Ricky's here with the, the screen. So you've got access to the people listening in on us, and you need to... They need to prompt, do they, I by have, way of raise of hand? Yeah, so there's a full room, so please raise your hand if you can, and we'll take your questions as we go along the way. So. And as we wait for the raising of hands, we will go to the old-fashioned way, Hutchie, and ask a few questions or answer a few questions. Well, we, we can jump into a couple if you want, we'll We'll, let's, take, we'll, let's, take, we'll take Daniel uh, Pine off the top. G'day, Daniel. G'day, Damo. Um, Daniel. Thanks for doing another one of these rooms again. Um, Hachi, this is probably right up your alley as far as promotion and how you can see rolling out something, but how would you take over the current promotion of the vaccine program if you were the government? It's been obviously... Uh, staggered start and it's a little bit stale as far as the promotion of it and the marketing particularly compared to other countries out there how would you go about it how would you you know use the media and your talent to get them on board and try to push it as far and wide as possible obviously um the caveat being once it's available to people as well yeah well the, it's a fantastic question well the marketing part of it hasn't been aggressive enough for starters, it's, it should be everywhere you turn the marketing of this. But there's nothing to market, Hutchie. The, the product doesn't exist in the quantities required. And I think that's to Daniel's point. Uh, yeah, but they can still market it until they exhaust what they have, and they haven't done that. They haven't even nearly got to that. So that, that would be one. Number two is I think people relate to simple themes. So the, the best example I saw was the party in Sydney where there were 30 people at the party, 24 got COVID, and the only six that didn't were vaccinated. So if that's not an opportunity to go and interview the people involved, sit down and tell that story, reenact the room. Or at least use a graphic to show yeah. what happened. And I, rec- I would suspect, but don't know, the 24, it was equal 200 by the time they spread. Or in the six that were vaccinated and their, their version of how they'd been able to, versus the 24, that, that's something people can very simply connect to. It's Here, relatable, yeah, to use your favourite term. Here's what happened in this room on this day. Why haven't they grabbed hold of that story? I, mean, they, I know they use it in the presser, but that should be on every television ad. 
know, this we're pu- still fear mongering though, Hutchie. We're, we're, we're still well, putting it. There's an ad being released in New mind. South Wales of recent times with just complete fear. I don't create, mi- create even more fear than there already is. I don't mind a little bit of fear in the ad. I, I think we're at that point, right? It's it been doesn't... at that point for three, two years, eighteen months. Oh, you know, on a cold May night, you know, a cold June night in Sydney, thirty people went to a party with good intent. Twenty-four of them left with COVID. They caught it at the drinks trolley. They caught it in the bathroom. They caught it when they walked past someone in the corridor. And These six people didn't. They were vaccinated. They went home to safe and healthy families. These 24, through no fault of their own, went home and spread it to people they love and care about. Go and get vaccinated. Like it's not. There's a campaign in that every day of the week somewhere. I like it. This is Sam Abishara on Twitter, and he's addressing this to me, and he wants to know that uh, to help Hachi with his, quote, thawing attempts, do you think he would be an ideal guest on Andu's Brush with Fame? I actually think that's not a bad idea. I just don't know whether you've quite got not the level. national cut through no. at the moment. But, but in buying a basketball club out of your home state, that's another step toward this national footprint that's required for consideration for Andu, but I'd like to see him paint you too anyway. That would be a, that would be a highlight for me, Hutchie. Yeah. Uh, Bernard McLean on email. Richmond's home game versus Collingwood scheduled for 4-10 on Sunday prior to school going back. Is this the AFL giving an old-fashioned whack to Richmond for Marvel Stadium comments by Damien Hardwick? Must be a costly time slot for Richmond. Uh, Bernard, I don't mind you thinking there, but I'm... It's a good conspiracy theory. It's a great... I love a conspiracy theory, one I hadn't even thought of, but I, I think you're off uh, track with this one. The AFL is really struggling to get these games away under the requirements of the CBA, and that being that no club can have more than one five-day break. It is really throwing them around now that they've kept the uh, the remainder of the season open from a uh, scheduling perspective. So, no, I like the question, but I can think I can categorically say, no, that's not the reason. There you go. Uh, Brett Attrell's in the room. G'day, Brett. Hey, up to you. Um, an hour or so ago, uh, Trevor Gleeson stepped down after a long reign with the Perth Wildcats for an NBA opportunity. How wide the net going to go to uh, replace him with a fantastic coach? Uh, thanks, Brett. Yeah, we just had a chat about that in the main body of the sounding board. So we're we're live here at four fifty on Monday night on Clubhouse, and yeah, at three o'clock today the press conference was held where Trevor stood down. We'll be pretty aggressive, I would think, as incoming owners uh, from tomorrow. So there's a process already in place, and we'll be looking for the best available coach to build on the legacy of Trevor. So. Big shoes to fill, Brett. Have you got any suggestions for us? Oh, not 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 really. Nothing comes immediately to mind. But uh, yeah, as you said, very big uh, shoes to fill. The most successful uh, uh, coach of recent years by the length of the Flemington Strait. What mm. I, what I would say, which will sound self-serving, Brett, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. There aren't many jobs like this in basketball outside the NBA in the world. This is a coveted role in a magnificent city with 35 years of consecutive finals. Record and legacy of success. Great place to live. Great owners. New dodgy owner. <laughs> so, Brett, I think it's a great plum job, and hopefully that uh, the, the market will see it accordingly, albeit we would much prefer not to be looking. And uh, Trevor would have been great to keep, but that's the way their cookie crumbles. Thanks, Brett. Brett Dan- Daniel Miles has got his hand up in the room, Damon. We'll acknowledge that. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to Clubhouse on the sounding board. Yeah, good day, Craig and uh, Damo. I was just wondering, with the... Um with the loss of uh, income this year, the AFL are suffering. Do you think it'll have a, an effect on um, perhaps a reduced player payments for next year and also the four new AFLW um, teams? Do you think they'll be delayed a, f- a further year subsequent to this? 
Uh, the first question, I don't expect there to be any great reduction. Um, there obviously was a, uh, a correction of sorts coming out of last year, but the, the talk that I'm hearing is is no reduction. There may not be an increase either, but no no significant reduction. With the AFLW, there is a timeline on that that I'm just not immediately across, but they had pushed it back to your point, and it's not certainly not next year. I just don't know whether it's the year after that. But uh, the other four clubs will have now got a, a runway that is set for their entry to the, the competition. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll have any impact because it, I think those there wages now have been indexed against the television deal pretty much, which is the one thing you can almost bank on. But, you know, we get into hubs, it gets expensive very quickly, but I, I think the AFL will use consolidated revenue demo to, rather than the players. Rather than the players. Uh, we might take Brendan Oakes, first of all. He's got his hand raised in the room. Hi, Brendan. Hey, mate, thank you. A couple of quick uh, ironies. I, I should have got back to you earlier on these two, but two quick ironies I've picked up lately. One was Damo lecturing you in an earlier version about a lack of knowledge on politics, and you're talking about COVID, and he said Australia was effectively an island. Your thoughts there, Damo? Well, yeah, Damo. I think we are, are we? <laughs> Effectively an island, or are we an island? I mean, we're an island. <laughs> yeah, we're not effectively an island. We're an island. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I didn't know that effectively was a word. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, it's, it's a big island. Yeah. Some people might say we're an one, island. Um, so <laughs> I think they're one of the biggest, Craig. Anyway, uh, my second one, um, not quite as jovial, was I was quite disappointed with Caro's recent situation with the two St Kilda boys going home for family reasons when she literally herself had just missed. Few episodes of um, of her regular shows because she'd done a mercy dash to look after her own family in the same situation. Yeah, I think so. On that point, so that 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 is true that Caroline had her own circumstances to deal with because she's spoken about that. It doesn't deny her an opportunity to have a view though on another situation. Like they're not they're not mutually exclusive. Now you can disagree with the view as I did and as you did, I think. Yeah, I, I disagree with Caro's yeah. view too. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure that might be on the agenda when we all gather next week for the Astor Theatre on One Chapel Street St Kilda for our mashup next Thursday with proceeds done at the Breast Cancer Network Australia. I'd be disappointed if we didn't raise it on the day. It's an opinion we don't share, but it doesn't mean she's not able to have an opinion regardless of her own circumstances. They're not mutually exclusive. Thank you, though, for the questions, though, Brendan. Fantastic. We might take Kevin Perry, our old mate, the TV writer, as the last question in the room. G'day, Kevin. Hey, guys. Yeah, good to be with you, Craig and Damon. Hey, I just wanted to ask, with all of the various streaming services, there seems to be a new streaming service launching every few months, do you think we're in a bubble? And if yes, how much longer until this bubble bursts? You mean as in how many of them can survive? Yeah, exactly. There seems to be a rise and rise of original content being produced everywhere, and now now they're going after sports rights. I just I just wonder how much longer do you think all this money will be about? Well, it's an arms race. I mean, everyone's trying to add that vertical to their business, and I think everyone will get into it. And then it's just a matter of those that succeed. Like it's there'll be like in the industry, I reckon, Kevin. There'll be winners and losers. There'll be acquisitions, and there'll be, it'll fragment a little bit. It's still. Well, who's strongest at the moment in your eyes? Which one's a bulletproof? In in life or in sport? Let's go with sport. Well, the early adapters of I mean, you've got your Amazons in there, your you know stands in there. Uh, the Channel Ten offerings coming. Uh, there's you know there's Disney in there. There's plenty heaps. That everyone needs to have that offering probably as a traditional. I don't think the traditional media owners can really exists without one. Right. News Limited have used it as an acquisition tool. If you look at 
if you look at News Limited's homepage, they're, they're broadcasting things like local hockey and country footy and things like that, which have been put behind a paywall at their own cost to try and attract non-traditional subscribers to watch and then experience the product. Is that working? Well, it's a, it's a different strategy. I quite admire the strategy. You might be a hockey fan. You might never be interested in News Limited subscription, but you'll do it because you want to watch next week's hockey. You might have a good exp- They'll back themselves in to give you a good experience while you're there and try and renew you for forever. And what's the sub worth a year? 300 bucks or something? Two or 300 bucks? Yeah, I pay one. I don't know what it's worth. They keep you for three or four years. It's a it's a four you're a four figure customer, which you know mm. towers over the initial cost of streaming production of the hockey event. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll be assessing it. What's your take on it, Kevin? You're you're in this space uh, far more exactly uh, significantly than we are. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it because these are just big companies. You've got companies like Apple and and Amazon that are just they can afford to lose money on these initial products and they don't really care if they make a profit out of streaming for, for years to come. So mm. I feel like eventually there has to be a consolidation, but it's, it's just hard to see when. Yeah. I think every family has got at least two to three and maybe even five to a dozen subscriptions that it probably wouldn't have if it knew it had that many in totality. And passwords. And passwords. That was the other one you discussed earlier on. There we go. That was our our questions of the week done live this Monday afternoon. It's now five o'clock. And of course, it was all done live on Clubhouse. Thanks to everyone who held their hand up in the room. And we'll speak to you again next week for DrinkWise. And you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo for DrinkWise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.